listening to The Breakfast Show. It is my last day here, but I have a new guest in to co-host with me today. Welcome to the show, Rick Foray. Glad to be here again. Yeah, you've been here like a number of times, and you'll be here all next week too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's good news. (laughs) That's definitely good news. Uh, Next week, Lawson will be back. We're just the leave team filling in for Lawson and Lyle while they're away. Lawson will be back next week, and I think Lyle the week after that. So it's going to be you and Lawson next week. So Rick and Lawson, away we go. Yeah, the other leave team. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, what are you grateful for? Uh, So many things. I'm really grateful. Uh, We have a little prayer group uh, that got going... uh, a year and a half ago when COVID hit out and we couldn't get together. and oh, yeah. So we've been meeting six days a week at 7am every morning for the last nearly two years. And it's yeah, still wow. going. Online, I assume. Yeah, we're Zooming it. Yeah, nice. And nice. We, have, we have pages of prayer requests and um, we just go through and where we see answered prayers, we tick them off and yeah. Oh, praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what I'm grateful for. Had a massive day yesterday. After the show, my friend Amanda and I went down to the Newcastle Ocean Baths, thought we'd go for a swim in the ocean pool. Um, Didn't anticipate how big the waves would be Uh, due to that tsunami. Of course. And so we were in the pool and these masses of waves were coming up out of the ocean, over the top of the rocks, across the top of the pool and smacking into us, which we thought was fun for a minute. But then a couple of really big ones, they cleared not only the rocks and one side of the pool, they actually came and went over the other side of the pool, across the footpath, and swept all our bags off the ledge and into the water. So I fished my handbag out of the pool and I opened it up and it was just full to the brim with seawater with all my belongings floating around in my bag, um, including my phone. And I just want to thank God because my phone has apparently survived. So it spent the night sitting in a bag of rice. (laughs) <laughs> and somehow has miraculously survived. So I'm incredibly grateful for that today. So if you're out in the ocean, just take it easy and be careful yeah. and put your stuff somewhere up. You're high. listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Oh, Rick, it is time for our quiz. Yes. Um, are you are you a bit of a quiz master? Oh, I don't know. I used to sit and watch, listen to them, never get them right. (laughs) Don't stress. We won't uh, embarrass you on the show. I don't don't really know the answers either half the time. (laughs) It's a good thing I have them written down. (laughs) So we have a pentathlon quiz. So basically each uh, question gains more and more points as you go. And if you get them all right, you get the whole bag of prizes because there's Mm -hmm. little prizes that get better and better and better with each question. So our first question, which is worth 100 points, goes... Goes like this. What disciple watching Jesus' arrest and trial claimed three times that he didn't know the Lord? Don't give it away. Don't nope. give it away. Don't say a word. Don't, yeah. Okay. What disciple watching Jesus' arrest and trial claimed three times that he didn't know the Lord? So just another, just another hint. All these questions today, they have a theme. Ah. Yeah. And if there's a bonus question at the end, if you can tell me what the theme of it is. So keep keep it in mind. Maybe even write them down so you can compare them afterwards. The number to text or call is 0491064669. It is also the number to call if anyone has any handy hints on how to deal with saltwater corrosion in an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I just, I'm really nervous my phone's going to go all rusty now. <laughs> anyway, it is time for our good news and Boy, oh boy, do I have some good news. I've actually been saving this good news piece for you specially, Rick. Oh. Yeah, I found it oh. earlier in the week and I was like, nah, nah, I'm saving that for when Rick Foray comes on the show. Because you're, you're a country music fan, right? 
Yes. And a country music singer. You make country music, yeah. Yep. Love yeah. gospel, country, t- yeah. All that, all that. I mean, you're a singer, you're a musician. What instruments do you play? All of them? <laughs> I literally. <laughs> you play like one of those, is it called a slide guitar? Yeah, pedal steel guitar. That's it. Yeah, so cool. I love those things. Yeah. Well, I guess you probably know who Taylor Swift is. Then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, today's good news involves Taylor Swift. Get this, Rick. An album of endangered bird songs has actually eclipsed Taylor Swift's new album in the Australian music charts. Oh. <laughs> Uh, How funny is that? So it's an album of Australia's most endangered birds and their calls, and it's actually sold its way to number three on the ARIA charts. It's beat Taylor Swift, ABBA, Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey. (laughs) So I'm so stoked about this. So the the album is called Songs of Disappearance, and it's a 24-minute album of endangered bird calls recorded by Australia's best wildlife sound recordist, a fella called David Stewart. And this actually is really great because it demonstrates it's the love of Australians who yeah. want to help their native species because obviously all the proceeds from this are going to the converse, uh, con- conservation of our feathered friends. And this was actually, uh, the idea was born out of a bunch of um, professors, doctors and con- cons- oh, man, that word, not conversationists, conservationists yeah. um, that were working towards um, getting the message out that so many of our birds are actually endangered now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so they've made this album. They recorded They had a couple of musicians involved. And I'm going to play some for you. Oh, so this right. is actually really cool. Like, This is actually really cool because one of the birds on this is called the Night Parrot. And we didn't, we didn't even know this thing existed until 2011. There you go. Yeah, we didn't even know it existed. And there's also the King Island Brown Hornbill. Wow. We only found out that that existed a few years ago as well. There's a golden bower bird on here, which apparently sounds like a death ray from a cheesy 70s sci-fi series. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to hear the Christmas Island Frigigate bird, which is um, a male, like the male bird has a flap of skin under its chin that inflates like a giant red balloon. So when it's doing like courtship sounds, it not only <laughs> sounds bizarre, but it looks incredible. So I'm going to play you a little bit from this and hopefully you can hear it through my laptop. You ready? Can you hear that? That has beat Taylor Swift. Ah. <laughs> I'm so stoked ah. about it. Woo, that's Whoa. a big one. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. That's so, and it's so educational. I mean, not only are we we're hearing in the name some of those birds you named. I'm going, okay, never okay. heard of them. Right? Never heard. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually. I'm. Like, this is making me really grateful for God's creation. To yeah, be honest, yeah. like that's incredible. Like I've never even heard of a, a night parrot. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to be googling <laughs> that later. So yeah, very cool stuff um, coming out of Australia, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so everyone, just go download that. Songs of Disappearance. It's actually really soothing hearing that, isn't it? It is. It's it like is. you're in a, in a rainforest or so something. So next time people put on Taylor Swift or Lee Kearney or any of those, <laughs> remember, just on the flip side, 
is bird music. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, more good news coming out of Australia. Um, I didn't know this either, but we have about a 20% ratio of people with disability, living with disability in Australia. And um, I never, I guess I never really thought about this, but I'm glad that I'm being educated. But access to beaches is actually almost impossible for people with have mobility dis- no, yeah. you know, um, issues. And uh, it has actually started down in or up in Bundaberg. They've started making beaches more accessible to people with disability. This includes rolling out a huge, um, I think it's like a rubberized mat so okay. they can get down to the water and having these special wheelchairs, I'll show you a little picture there, oh. <laughs> available to hire for people with disabilities. So it's, it's a... It they're looks, like inflatable tyres. They're huge, big yeah, tyres. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the picture I'm just showing Rick. Um, and this has actually just made the disability community so happy. Like a lot of them are saying they, to them they have... Are they, they can't even remember the last time they felt the sand between their toes yeah. and felt the power of the yeah. ocean. Yeah. There's nothing like, like swimming in a pool and swimming in the ocean. You, can't, you barely can't compare it. Um, so this has been happening, uh, the latest one has been happening at Emu Park Main Beach up in Queensland where they've um, just been charging forward with this. There's actually a, a committee that does this. Um, and it is called the Accessible Beaches Committee, and it's going around Australia and it's trying to increase awareness and increase um, access to beaches for people with disability. Uh, I'll show you another little picture here. You can see the the mat that goes from the sand down to the water. From, oh, it's a like a, like a slippery slide. Yeah, kind of exactly. And then um, yeah, they can roll their wheelchairs down yeah. there. And they said it's actually not just people um, with disability, but oftentimes it's you know young mums with. Prams and then elderly people who yep. struggle to walk through the yep. sand. Um, and I, I think this is great. I think right. we need to put this everywhere, actually. So this is only like now at seven beaches, and Australia has like thousands, oh. like hundreds of thousands everywhere. of beaches. Yep. I, I actually looked into this one time. I thought to myself, I live in a bus. I should be able to go to every beach in Australia. <laughs> and I did the math, and I would have to go to 10 beaches every day for over 30 years in order to get to every beach in Australia. <laughs> so yeah. it's impossible. That's how yeah. many beaches we have. Um, so, yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. They're actually also working on uh, making Braille and tactile signage and uh, including hoists in the change room so people can get changed and uh, making sure the footpaths are wide enough and they're sealed to the amenities. So this is really great news that this it is. is actually so, – yeah. It's an awareness, isn't it, that yeah. – the, 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 we need to look after a lot of people in our society. Yeah, they even have, get this, a Bluetooth surfboard. So um, this is for people who used to go surfing and they, like the, the, one, okay. the guy who's pioneered it, he had an accident and he can't feel from his chest down. Yep. And so what he does is he lies on the surfboard and uh, he activates it with um, his teeth. Um, and then the, the the Bluetooth activates the motor that's underneath the surfboard, and um and yeah, and it sort of chugs it along, that's and you can catch a few waves. How cool is that? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, so I hope in the future all of our, I guess, our big beaches at least will have Something, accessibility yeah. and Look Bluetooth after surfboards. Those, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, wow, I've never seen you know that huge big sort of carpet roll out. But I I hope that becomes such a normal thing to see at yeah. all Australian beaches. Now, I've got a little message, a little uh, PSA announcement uh, about Tonga. We have a crisis uh, happening there with the um, the volcano and the tsunami. Yeah. And I just, I'm just reading on the ABC News um, that people, they're being asked to maybe rethink what they're donating. Australians are pretty generous people. And in response to this, a lot of people have just gone through their house and packed up anything that they could donate. But um, the news is to please think yeah. a bit more um, 
uh, what's that word? Common sense. Yeah. Uh, because a lot, a lot of the donations they're getting is um, like high heels, ball gowns, um, uh, pieces of furniture, this kind of stuff. It's not appropriate. And it's actually not. It's not only is it not appropriate, but it's creating a problem in Tonga because it's clogging up the yeah. system, yep. and then they have to pay millions of dollars to store it. So what they're saying is, if you have this kind of stuff, sell it. And then send the cash because Great cash idea. has the biggest impact. Yep. Um, so please be a bit more sensible about what you're donating. People in Tonga don't need high heels and ball gowns right now. Um, nappies, bras, and no perishable food either. So, yeah, uh, please think a bit more logically. Thank you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. That was James Rainwater with What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Uh, Rick, it's time for our next clue. T- clue time. Don't give Number it away. Two. Don't give it away. This one's worth 200 points. Uh, what relationship did Abram claim his wife, Sarah, to try and gain favor with the Egyptians? What relationship did Abraham claim to his wife, Sarah, in order to gain favor with the Egyptians? Hmm, if you think mm-hmm. you know, 0491064669. You can call or text DJ Shell. We'll feel that answer. Whoa. And don't forget, keep an eye on what the theme might be. Yes. Yeah. Rick, tell us what's going on around the world today. Well, oh, let me go to the right place. I had it here. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, no, I've deleted it. Can I, uh, <laughs> no news is happening. Everyone can, can, hey, can I do something? Can I do something? Yeah. There's so much happening around the world. I mean, yeah, we talked is. about Tonga. Yeah. We talked about the Ukraine and Russia. We've got covered with COVID. Can I share a story about a little health thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just to throw, just to throw something because I'm really interested in this. I, I, I'm interested in health and mm-hmm. health reforms and um, – I've just sent a book to the publishers because um, I've uh, just something I'm interested in, and I'm uh, particularly changes in societal attitudes towards health reform. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes recently. Uh, yeah. And, and Massive pe- people are interested for a lot of different reasons, mm-hmm. um, and so I've been tracing a little bit of that. But can I just share with you a little quote here with our listeners? Um, it's particularly from America, but it's very much in the context of Australia. Um, 19th century health was just absolutely terrible across most of the globe. Um, Eating habits, the consumption of amounts of meat were enough to keep most stomachs continually upset. Fruits and greeny leaf vegetables seldom ever appeared on an American table in the the 1850s. A common breakfast considered of hot bread made with lard, strong alkali, soaked with butter, hot griddle cakes, covered with butter and syrup, meats fried or baked in it, potatoes dripping with grease, ham and eggs fried in grease into a leathery indigestibility. All washed down with many cups of strong Brazilian coffee. Okay, so just picture it. It's making me queasy. Just picture it. Um, Afflictions were everywhere. Mm. And, And this whole momentum of you can see why people said... There's got to be another way. Yeah. And different theories started coming up and different people started speaking about, is this the only way? And, and you know, the things that they were ingesting, if you didn't die from it, they, they just tried something else. That didn't work. That didn't work. People were dying and they were wondering, what's going on? Well, just this week it's been released and I'm just going to go to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a winning streak that just won't quit. It's the fifth year in a row, uh, 30 esteemed 
health professionals get together mm-hmm. and judge diets around the globe. Oh. This is interesting. For the fifth year in a row, the Mediterranean diet finished first across the annual race for the best diet. Oh, wow. The Mediterranean diet. Yeah. And it consists, uh, the DASH diet was second, which uh, dietary approaches to stop hypertension emphasizes reducing salt intake, and a flexitarian diet, which encourages being vegetarian most of the time. Okay. And what these three diets do is help eliminate or reduce processed foods and just stress packing your plate. Listen to this, which we know, with fruits, vegetables, beans, lentils, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. The reason I mention that, and I think it's exciting, there's a health consciousness out there. Uh, a lot of it now has uh, is connected with spiritual development, holistic sort of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed, um, and I've just sent this book off the publisher. I'm amazed. I mentioned that 19th century, mid 19th century. Um, health reform movements, a little lady, a little lady back in the mid, about 1863 it was, just had a vision, you know, shown a vision uh, about we need to we need to change health mm. for not just physical reasons but for spiritual reasons. It's a holistic approach, God involved. And she said, you know, fruits, grain, vegetable, nuts, probably the best way to go in a context that said we will never eat that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she comes out and says, eat it, eat it, eat it, eat uh-huh. it. And a hundred years or so later on, it's simply all being confirmed by science. And then you get a report like this one I've just read that says a diet that has fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts and lentils. I just think that's pretty exciting that science is coming along and saying, mm. you know, what we've been hearing now for 150 years? Yeah. From this little lady, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, absolutely. So that's exciting for me, for folk out there, just to keep pursuing a healthy lifestyle where you can. So when you say you've just sent a book to the publishers, I mean, you wrote a book. Yeah, I still like researching and writing. Okay, nice. And it's been part of my my academic life. But um, I, I, I just did a study on the intersection of science, religion and health reform in America in the 19th century. Yeah, wow. With a specific emphasis on Seventh-day Adventism and their understanding and, and development yeah. and how all that impacted each other. So hopefully one of them will pick it up and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I hope to see your name on a book soon. I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely buy that. <laughs> no, free co- Hey, we could make a free copy here, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the book called? Well, that's that's the title is still sort of working title morphing. Oh, yeah, it's morphing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. got it. Yeah. Um, we actually had a listener send in a story, and I think we have just enough time for me to share it. Um, this is a, a a a good news coming out of bad news. Um, so this is about the Tongan uh, Tongan earthquake, the volcano there. So they're calling him Tongan Aquaman. is a is a man who who miraculously survived the tsunami who swam for 28 hours after oh. getting swept out to sea uh, during the tsunami. Um, so he he was swept out on Saturday. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, still three people have been confirmed dead. Um, but this gentleman, I think he's one of the one of the um, city's, um, island's officials, sorry. It's about eight kilometres northwest of Tongan's capital um, or about a 30-minute boat ride, and there's only 61 people who live on his island. 
um, at Tata, it's called, uh, which includes the Royal Sunset Island um, Resort. But he was alerted by the tsunami by his brother and he hid up a tree. However, once he got down after the first wave, because this is a big thing. People think tsunami is just one big wave, but it's it's Uh, always a series of waves. Um, So he got down off the tree and a bigger wave arrived and swept him and his family out to sea. He has four children. um, And he thinks the wave was bigger than six metres. So that's, you know, if you're just trying to... 20 feet. Massive. I'm, I'm glad you know the 20 uh, feet conversion because I don't. He said, unfortunately, it was dark and they couldn't even see each other. Oh. Um, and very soon he could not hear his niece calling, but he could see his son, hear his son calling. Um, he didn't respond to the calls because he didn't want anyone to risk their safety to try and save him, um, which was very heroic. Uh, and extraordinarily, this guy has mobility issues. Oh. Yeah, so he, he left everything and tried to escape. Um, uh, he can't walk properly. Both his legs are not working properly. And um, and he said, when I can, I believe a baby can walk faster than I can. Wow. Um, yeah, so he, he just floated for a while. He was bashed around by the big waves that kept coming. Um, and it stayed with his mind. If I cling to a tree or something, uh, anything happens and I lose my life, re- um, searches will find me and my family can view my dead body. So he was trying to actually just get to a tree so that people would have, like, closure. Um and actually, at one point, as a speedboat, a police speedboat went past him. He waved a flag, but they didn't see him. Oh. Can you imagine how devastating that must be? Um, but he kept thinking about his family, and he kept swinging, swimming. And he reached Tonga Tupa um, sometime after 9 p.m. on Sunday, uh, where he, a man found him, and he was able to fish him out of the water. Um, so, yeah, just incredibly, he spent 28 hours in the water and he thanks God, he thanks his family and he thanks his church for giving him the strength to survive. Mm. Um, and thankfully, him and his family have all been reunited. Um, their home at Tata Island has now been evacuated. The UN says that every building on the island is either damaged or potentially damaged and there is no drinking water available. Um, and one of the deaths is actually coming from this island. Uh, so, yeah, so it's an incredible story. And I, I think this is definitely, you know, something that God does a lot he brings a good story out of a bad story you know we have a flood he sends a rainbow um it's just it's very much within his character to try and turn bad things into good things um so yeah thank you so much for sending that in uh listener i've forgotten what your name was but i appreciate you sending it in what was his name producer shell jeff thanks jeff you're a ripple legend (laughs) you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different it's time for Faith FM's third quiz question, and it goes like this. What did the murderous King Herod tell the wise men he wanted to do to the young boy Jesus? Oh, naughty King Herod. If you think you know the answer, 0491064669, text or call. What did the murderous King Herod tell the wise men he wanted to do to the young boy Jesus? Mm. That was a beautiful song, Rick Frey. Thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you. We are now going to actually have our interview. Our interview was pre-recorded, and Lawson did the interview. Uh, so that's coming up now. Please enjoy. We'll be back after the news break thereafter. We are continuing on with the show here into our interview section, and sitting across from me is Cindy Chung. Cindy, welcome to the studio. Hi, Lawson. Thank you for uh, inviting me here. <laughs> So Cindy is a woman that I know and I think is incredible and amazing. Where are you residing at the moment, actually? Where where are you living? I'm living in Melbourne. Okay. Now you're up here in the Newcastle studio spending time with us and you're going to be sharing your story this morning of how God has worked in your life. 
Yes, this is an unexpected moment now that I'm sharing with you. Yes. That's right. This is uh, basically, it's a part of my job that if I have any friends visiting me who are in any way um, having a, a relationship with God, well, then I get them on the show. This is my this is my mandate. And Cindy, you are one of my friends. You have a relationship and a journey with the Lord and can definitely share about it. So therefore, you're going to be on the show. Thank you, Lawson. Uh, I like surprises. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I guess we can start in terms of your life, like right at the beginning. Where where do you come from and where have you grown up and what's been your experience? Wow, that will be go back to many, 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 many years ago. Oh, well, I'm from Malaysia, actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm from okay. Malaysia, born in Malaysia, and I migrated to Melbourne uh, like 18 years ago. Okay, wow. So you've come from Malaysia to Australia. And I think the thing that I would love to know was, at what point did you actually become a Christian? Wow. Well, that have to go back to my youth, mm-hmm. youthful lifetime. <laughs> and I was like really in the world times. Mm. I love disco. I love drinking. Oh, <laughs> awesome time then. <laughs> but then it wouldn't believe it that God called me in the midst of uh Disco place. So you're in like a disco, like a nightclub. Yeah, like a nightclub disco. Mm-hmm. That time you call, you know how long ago they are telling you my age now. Like <laughs> disco decor. Yeah. There are people dancing with a loud music and I was in the midst of them and I call the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm, wow. So you felt very compelled and convicted. Now this was back in Malaysia, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. And you felt at that time really compelled, like, oh, you know. God is is reaching out to me. Yeah, what was that experience like? Of you know, what kind of influence that did you have? Any did you know people who were Christian or yeah? Well, back then I I I've been to church and yeah. my sister took me to the church, and but then I am not that uh, Christian Christian type of you know spiritual presence, mm. but rather I will like to go for my and I have my own dreams and I have my mm. own way to find happiness. So uh, Christianity is not my priority. Mm. And, but then uh, in the midst of my enjoying my life, and I do know God, and I do have my Bible study. I do know who it is, mm. but it's just not my God yet. Mm. Mm. So you're kind of in this position where you're, you're maybe God adjacent or Christianity adjacent. You, you, you know it's there. You see the life. Um, you're showing up to, to Bible study in church every so often. But then yeah, it's in the midst of the disco that God kind of reach out, reached out to you. Yes, it's, it's very impressive, though. I, I mean, just before we go to the disco, my friend was actually complaining about life. You know, they mm. say, like, you know, how mom, her mom treated her very early and then how life been so pressurized and then mm. such a high demands on, on her to support the family. Mm. And then another friend that offer, hey, just let go of all these and then just go to disco and, and, and be, forget about all this and be happy. Mm. And then we did. That's how we head to the disco. Mm. And in the midst of the disco, I saw my friend, the friend that were complaining, who are in tears before, before we went to the disco. He was like dancing away as though she's very happy. But I know at that moment as I stand and there and look down, I know that deep in her heart, she is bleeding. She is crying. Mm. And that was the time I hear a voice asking me, myself, asking mm. me in deep in my heart. I say like, why are you here? Mm. And then he said, I like, well, I just answer, you know, just, uh, you know, in, inside my head. I said like, well, 
I'm, we're trying to look for happiness. My friend mm. is crying. But did you find them? Mm. I like that really dawned to me. Did you find them? I like, wow, well, look at my friend's face. She is so happy. But yet, the realistic is she is not. Mm. And she's crying inside. Mm. So my answer is no, I haven't found the happiness mm. that lasts, that is meaningful. Mm. It's just a temporary, just forget about that. Mm. our life problem and move on with some crazy stuff that go and dance away. But that, that doesn't look, that doesn't take away that, un, that the unhappiness that doesn't give us the happiness. Mm. So you have this experience and I'm sure you kind of maybe yeah, left the disco feeling quite shocked and you're like, man, what is going on? What was the, the, then like the, the life change that took place? Like how did you respond to those convictions and those feelings? Well, at that time, that conviction is very strong. Mm. And, and that, that time also my heart, I was very honest to myself. Mm. This is not what I want. I want a real happiness. Mm. So the next day I went back to the office. I was in tears. Mm. And then, you know, I reached out. I know my, in my office and I was accounting, nurse, uh, accounting then I uh, doing my accounting clerk. And I, in my drawer, actually, I have a Bible inside. Mm. I opened the Bible. And I pray. I, I didn't read them. I just mm. hold it on my hand and open it and hold it on my hand. And I pray. And I Lord, I don't know why I'm crying. Mm. I feel a bit lost. Yesterday, I hear your voice. Mm. You know, I hear, I, I hear that you're calling me back. And I no longer go back to that place. I mm. don't want to go back to that place. But then, what next? Mm. So I hold on to the Bible and I pray. And the next thing is, I call my pastor. Mm. And my pastor inviting me to a camp. Okay. Didn't ask me why. <laughs> I called him early in the morning before I start my work. Didn't ask me why you haven't come, come to church for so long. No, not a question. But he just said, come, we have a youth camp. Come with us. Mm. And I didn't realize it was a leadership youth camp. Youth mm. camp. They're all members youth. Mm. I, I'm the only one not baptized. Mm. Then. So she didn't, he didn't tell me. He just mm. invited me. Mm. And that was the turning point. Yeah. Yeah. So you've attended this youth camp. You've been incredibly inspired. I'm, I assume that that led to you getting baptized and deciding, oh, man, this is my life now, you know, following God. What has that led to since? Because I've kind of encountered and interacted with you in the space of you teaching me a lot of things, <laughs> of teaching us to do ministry, all those things. What were the, the steps that came after that of you then stepping into doing ministry? Well, um, um, interestingly, uh, God have led me to the young people's life. Mm. And I'm good, at that time, I was young then. But I always look into those who are in needs, those mm. who are younger than me. Mm. And even though I grow older, I seem to still go back to the young people. Mm. And in, in my journey, you know, because I was, I was when I was youth, I, I was in the midst of uh, trouble, mm. you know, do not know how to solve problem and go to the world, find happiness. And I kind of understand why the young people are there. Mm. And I have the passion, you know, to wanting to, to tell the young people, mm. you know, that is a way mm. to find a true happiness. Mm -hmm. And that is what I am been doing for the last many, many years to the young people. For 35 years, I ministered to the high school students as well as to the uni students. Mm -hmm. And and the Lord have led me to understand 
more and more deeper and deeper about the Bible, how the Holy Spirit leads people mm -hmm. and help me to see that young people, if they do not know, just like me at that time, I don't understand. I heard about the words of God, but I do not know how to connect. Mm -hmm. So, so that, you know, throughout my life, I learned to connect with God. I learned to respond to God and I learned to really literally look at his instruction of the Bible and use it and put it into actions mm -hmm. and see the difference in my life and see God's so lively in my life as well as the Bible is so lively. And I just want to tell uh, the young people, you know, the, the Bible they are holding, it can be very lively in their wow. life if I know, if they know how to tap onto the Holy Spirit and guide them and empower them and change their life and make their life more meaningful. Wow, powerful. Man, you're just preaching here in the, in the <laughs> studio. This is awesome. Um, I'd love to know then, what was the step to coming to Australia? How are you in, inspired to do so? How did you end up here and now you've been here for the last 18 years? Well, uh, it's actually Johnny and Tina. They actually uh, started their uni uh, okay. ministry. Oh, yeah, Johnny and Tina Wong down yes, in Melbourne. Yeah. That's right. They started their they started their uni uh, ministry, and I was in Singapore then, and mm -hmm. I has been doing that, you know, personal ministry to the young people, mm. and they were saying like, "Would you come and join us in 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 Victoria? You know, in in the Melbourne that we are reaching out to the university students, mm. and I I that time I'm not quite sure this is my my call. So it took me one year to, you know, they pray for me one year and for me wow. to really, you know, get onto my Christ, you know, my life in Singapore and see that is this a God's call for me? Mm. And apparently the path has been very clear and mm. door after door opens. And here I am, I say like, well, it is your call. I will respond to that call. So I fly to Melbourne and migrated there. Yeah, awesome. And I know at that time, then, was that around the time that you started to study nursing? I'm doing nurse, yes. Yeah, and you went from accounting to nursing. And then, man, the thing that I'm so impressed with about Cindy is that she just does so much at the same time, which is incredible. You're accounting, you're, well, you, uh, at the moment, still, you are working as a nurse. Yes. And working for the church. Yes. That's incredible. That's awesome. And you're spending time down in Melbourne, uh, you know, with the Gateway Church down there with the uni ministry, giving people Bible studies, Bible working. I guess, oh, okay, we have a, about a minute left. Do you have maybe any short testimony to share of maybe something recent of how God has just really worked and blessed the ministry? I think the reason one is the training that I'm doing now. You know, the reason why I come to Newcastle is there's nice students attending the training, but I have do not know them. But mm. I... I believe, you know, if I am reaching out to the people, I need to know them I, mm. and they are not very far from me. So I came all the way here just to meet my, meet the students that, that I have mm. in, in the class so that I get to know them mm -hmm. so that I can see that how the training can be practical to them. Because, sure. and the training is God's inspiring yeah. and, and God have, you know, uh, giving me the experience for so many years and put them together and with the, with the Bible words, you know, how Jesus had did the, the mm. desire to lead the young people. And plus my experience with how I actually got have led me in my life. And that training became very empowering to the young people mm. that they too can tap onto the, you know, to the Holy Spirit and they can do their Bible work, not by their own strength and own mm. might, but 
led by the Holy Spirit. And a Christian life that led by the Holy Spirit, I tell you, it is empowering and wow. it's amazing. Wow, that is incredible. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us this morning and coming in for this interview. And um, yeah, we pray that you can continue to be close to God, be led by the Holy Spirit and, and, and uh, be a blessing to others through your work. Thank you so much, Lord, and thank you for the experience. I really like it. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.